Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about a part of your water heater called an anode rod. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of ex- ex- yeah professional people that know what they're talking about, also known as experts. (laughs) We pick a topic and we discuss it in depth that's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. If you've heard the show before, thanks so much for coming back. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, If you haven't, go and leave us a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We really like to hear what you like about the show, but be careful about the things you don't like about the show. I am very sensitive. I don't want to, you know, have my feelings hurt, so be nice. Like I said before, we are going to be talking about anode rods, and unless you are in the industry or know a plumber or have had an issue with your anode rod, I think most people are saying, a what? <laughs> so that's that's usually the response I get. I've actually had several people ask me, hey, what's, what's uh, your episode about? Uh, I know your names. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't gotten to the part where I was going to like introduce you yet. All right. But now I will. Dwayne didn't get his name said soon <laughs> enough. I got to have it. I know. But like I, I, I had, I had this. Well, you flow. were moving into a question. Already. I wasn't moving into the question yet. Oh. I was, I was still building up. Gotcha. But Go for the build up then, Mike. No, it's, don't let no, me. No, we're done. It's, I already it's derailed over. you. To Dang help it. us understand what an anode rod is. <laughs> I'm joined by Dwayne and Scott. Uh, they're with us here today. They are plumbing. They're the plumbing managers over. I don't know what they are. They're plumbing managers at any hour services. Okay. So when I say that they're here today, I'm all off the, the rails. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Uh, anyway, so I'm joined by Dwayne and Scott. They're back with me today. They're plumbing managers at any hour services. I'm assuming that you guys are excited to talk about this topic because you're plumbers and I mean, are plumbers the only ones that like talking about anode rods? I think so. I don't think it's a very common topic, but I don't think we sit around and talk about them all the time. I was talking to, um, I think we were doing drains podcast and it's just as we, the longer we do the show, we're going to get more and more like deep into topics where we just start talking about very specific parts and pieces in the home and an anode rod. I think what I pointed out in the drains episode was that a lot of times we, when we're so close to something, we don't realize that to people that don't know about this stuff, we're kind of speaking a a secret language, right? Or we're speaking in code and, and understanding that most people don't know what an anode rod is. Let's actually just start right there. Scott, what is an anode rod for those listening that don't know, or for those listening that might be wrong about what they think it is. (laughs) Well, um, so an anode rod is, is, a, a component inside of a water heater whose purpose is to, uh, protect it from deterioration. Um, it's, it's known as a sacrificial piece, a sacrificial rod, and it is designed sacrifice. to, uh, what? a sacrifice, a sacrifice. Oh. Yep. A sacrificial rod inside of your tank. But why, why, why was that? Uh, That's what it is. It's a sacrificial rod. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Um, so 
Yeah, it, it, it's it, the burnt offering of <laughs> of plumbing of parts. The water Ironically, yeah, it's very much like that. It does you take break it out, down. It looks like it's burnt it up. Does. <laughs> it very much does. So that that's what it is. It's it's designed to protect the water heater from the minerals and and things that are in water that are corrosive and cause damage to extend the life of it. So whenever I go on the radio, like a simple way that I try and explain it, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm oversimplifying, let me know. But like. I, I let them know, or I tell people that it, it was a part that was engineered specifically to um, attract the, the things that caused the tank to rust and break down so that it takes the damage rather than the tank. And when you say it's sacrificial, it is designed to be replaced. It's like, uh, what are some other, like, I mean, a filter doesn't last forever, right? You have to replace it. Uh, you know, other things around the house or in a car that you have an oil filter, different things, they're designed to do their job and their job is to protect the bigger picture. And for an anode rod, the bigger picture is the water heater itself, the tank, um, to keep it from, from rusting and things. And, uh, the things that attack the tank that cause it to rust will attack the anode rod. And as it goes away, if you're not checking it, if the anode rod goes away completely, there's nothing left there to attack but the tank. That's I a, actually, that's I like a really that. good, yeah, that's yeah, a like great, that. I, uh, I, great as I was, of it. as I was looking around, I came across a term that I had never uh, heard before, but I thought it was a really good explanation. They, they, it was like uh, a rust ulcer. But like the inside of the tank, the way they were describing it after the the anode rod is like, uh, you know, broken down or whatever, you end up with these rust spots or these ulcers inside the tank that are failure points for the for the water heater. Um, so anode rod, are there any other names or is it called something else that maybe people may have heard or if they hear these particular terms, we know we're talking about an anode rod. Yeah, well, let's let's go into a little bit more on. I, I'm not familiar with any other terms per se of anode rod, but what it does is it pro provides cathodic protection mm -hmm. for the water heater. And so I that's want, a fancy science term. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, um, yeah, it is. When I was going through some of the bulletins and things that are put out by some of the water heater manufacturers and things, I I came across one that was very interesting as it listed different um, different minerals and different uh, elements that things are made out of. And there's a hierarchy, and I didn't really realize this. I've known magnesium for a long time, just in my trade and things like that, was a very good sacrificial sacrificial thing. We did a, a project once in uh, at the March Air Force Base down in Southern California. They added on to their VA cemetery there a, a large a large portion of it and we had to run piping around the outside but the soil there because of all the for two reasons the orange groves that were there for decades and a century and then also the uh, fact that the air force would go out and they take off with full wings back when they were training for world war ii they take off with full fuel but they can't land those big old bombers with full fuel tanks so they would actually circle out around dump fuel over these fields and over the hills that were just barren at the time. Now it's all houses 
But um, way but, to go, government. Yeah, but at the time, <laughs> the you know, EPA didn't all, exist. I guess yeah, it didn't. You know, I mean, they didn't think it was all about the war. Sure. You know, and the war efforts. And I think we've learned a lot of things since then. Of course. But the soil is very, very hot. What they call hot soil, and we had to run a very large coated wire along every one of our runs and attach it to the pipe stands that come up, so you can put your little water thing. When you go to your little flower thing, when you go to the cemetery, mm. they have spigots every so often. Well, we had to run a very thick wire, strap that onto the piping, and then every so often or in between, we had to have a magnesium brick that was a huge thing that sat down in a pipe and with a chain, and they could pull that up and check how much the soil had, had eroded that, but it was supposed to protect the whole system from the galvanic reaction or whatever where it would the hot soil would attack the galvanized piping because va cemetery is going to last for you know a century sure so so what you're explaining is that with these elements that we have uh with that hierarchy as they get attacked and deteriorate some of them deteriorate at a faster level or they attract things faster and so what you're doing with the anode rod and what you were doing with your magnesium block mm -hmm. is you put that in place so that it attacks that and not this piping infrastructure that you've put in the ground correct yeah so let me just kind of go down this list it's kind of interesting so magnesium is the lowest on the list followed by zinc aluminum then steel or iron so that's where we come into play with our water now, heater being steel so anything less than that will provide will provide cathodic protection. Now, when you say less, less what? Uh, you know, that's, I don't know. Mike, how many elements, do you know how many elements there were in the periodic table when I went to school I, I and don't. college in the 70s? I, I don't. Anybody know? <laughs> right. That we had no. to memorize all that stupid stuff. <laughs> no. Okay. There's a reason I'm a plumber. The, 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 well, I, <laughs> yeah. And I, the only reason I got through college chemistry was I had a cousin that was, gave you the answers that, that we were in the same class. And so, so he gave you the answers. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying here. So how many yeah. elements did you have to memorize? So there were 105. Do you okay. know how many there are today that our poor kids and those in college have to, figure I, out today no how many there's 118 <laughs> now there's several that did are you, kind of under did you also have to walk to school uphill both ways yes. barefooted in the snow yes i saw the perfect meme where there's a trek of cross-country skiers going up to the top of a very sharp peak uh -huh. way up there and that's my cousin posted that one the other day and said this was i think my mom and dad's story <laughs> of going uphill both ways anyway uh, <laughs> but but we, uh, but along with that, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of chemistry a little bit and found out that the French and the Germans right now are very embattled in the naming process of some of these new, new ones. So like even though there were 105, that one still has not really been named because the French and the Germans can't figure out who gets the credit for it. Hmm. Uh, and element 108 is in the same boat. The uh, Japanese are actually developing three more elements they figure will make the periodic table in 2022. What about element 115? That one's unnamed. Do you unnamed. know what that is? I don't. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the element um, that, like, 
that like they found the in the element? spaceship. No, like <laughs> at Area 51, there's like some element that makes the spaceship fly or makes this material that that makes it possible. I don't know. I'm not a big enough conspiracy theorist to know everything about it, but I find it entertaining to listen to these people talk about stuff like that. And so anyway, <laughs> Austin, you, you're, you're, you seem like a conspiracist. What do you know about Element 115? I just know when you said... Like I've heard that before, but I feel like it's from a movie. No, we, we've heard it because we listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. Really? Is that and when he is? had like Bob Lazar on there and they were like talking about, you know, L- Area 51 and Element 115. I, I don't know. Maybe, I'm sure it's in movies because it seems when, like it's a real thing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when I was looking at the chart, 115 is blank. Oh. So it means it may have existed. I think it's, I, but no what I'm understanding, I think it's. If, okay conspiracies here we go uh, anyway i think it's one of those that like we discovered something that we had not discovered yet and so we know it exists because we've got it but we don't know so that's why it's blank it's like why does the 13th floor not appear in an elevator actually it's nothing like that but anyway uh wait what are we talking about anode rods anode rods anode rods, <laughs> anode rods and aliens so, <laughs> anode rods in area 51. so anyway i don't know in my opinion some of these later ones on the you know the 115s sure. and stuff that's a chemical compound that only lasts for a fraction of a second when they make it and it's like to me it ought to be existing so sure let's just go with the 105 so i'm gonna stuff. i'm gonna take what you were saying about those elements you were listing off right. you know magnesium zinc aluminum and then you get into the iron and the steel Lead, tin nickel Le- okay so i'm going to explain it this way at the bottom of this list with that magnesium those are the metals that are the easiest to are they're, they're going to be the first ones to deteriorate and then as you get up to iron and steel and those metals that the tank is made out of those are also going to deteriorate but if you can put something in the water that is going to deteriorate faster that's that's that that's hierarchy that you're talking that's about that's a sacrifice yeah um it was interesting as you go on down the list the top ones are silver graphite gold and plutonium um or platinum Back to the future platinum platinum sorry Platinum. I know, but you brought up plutonium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what the, uh, I didn't see the DeLorean, that like, uh, ran off of. Fuel. Yeah. It anyway, was. yeah. Until plat- he went to the. You did this, Dwayne. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you brought it up. You brought up Back, back to the to future. future. Or plutonium. Back and to the that, future. You know, that, that's that's what he. What was. Who were the people that he. You're the movie guy. Who 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 did they get the. Plut- who did he steal the plutonium from? Was it the. Uh, I don't know. The, the French or the Germans? No, it was like. <laughs> Russian remember. or Slavic people or like I don't know. Um, I did just Google. One fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell me what's up. Um, <laughs> so it's real. This uh, this. I wasn't making it up. Yeah. But so it just says the first synthesized. It was first synthesized in 2013 by a joint team of Russian and American scientists in the Joint Institute of Nuclear Research. It's a real. It's 20, a real element one one five. Yeah, element one one five. There's, I kept reading about it. It just seems like a normal element. Like there's no like, there's other, that's according to Wikipedia. So it's not related to. But there to... is element one, uh, 115 UFO alien database. I could click into that and we could really get educated. <laughs> I don't know. Guys might start knocking at the door and interrupt yeah. our podcast about anode rods. They're like, that's... you're getting too close to the truth. <laughs> yeah. According truth to Wikipedia, it's like, it's real name is, is I can't even pronounce it. Miscovinium or something like that. Yep. So don't know. There you go. Miscommunicative idiom. Uh, okay. So. <sighs> All right. Wow. Okay. There we go. Are we done so, talking about elements? 
Because I well, get here we go. Steel plus Steel. water. Yep. Plus oxygen. Yep. Equals rust. Yes, it does. Okay. And, Learned that leaving my dad's tools out in the yard. <laughs> and so there's there's um, you know we talked about some different. There are some different types of anode rods. Um, maybe right now we ought to go into where they're located on the water heater, possibly, and then we can. Yeah, like if you, if you feel like we've talked enough about things that like you know lead up to that, let's let's get back. You know into, what? One more science. Nope, we're not done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, one more science fact. Okay. Um, as heat increases. Yep. So does the process of decomposition mm. or whatever. How many times did we sit there in the labs and you had to get out the Bunsen burner and light things up to heat things up? Oh, I've got such a good story about Bunsen To create the burner. reaction. Okay. Let's hear it. Well, let's wrap that up with a bow right. real quick. So that is pertinent because you're heating up the water in the water heater. So things are going to break down faster. Bunsen burners. I was in high school. And, um, we were, you, you got the little welder striker thing to light the Bunsen burner. Once you turn the gas on, I, I don't remember if I did it on purpose. I think I might have, cause I thought it would be funny, but we, um, I turned the gas on and I held the striker back and I was like, you know, I don't remember the teacher's name, but miss so-and-so mine's not working. And so she, she leans over the Bunsen burner as she's inspecting it, looking around and I foolishly hit my striker and whew, the, the Bunsen burner lit up. I got written up and on the write-up slip, she said, he did apologize for burning my eyebrows <laughs> off. <laughs> yep. Instant so, no eyebrows. I can't think of, I can't not think of that story when people bring up Bunsen burners. I don't even remember the beakers and what we were boiling at the time, but I remember getting written up for that. And I did. I felt bad about her eyebrows. She didn't look the same after that till they grew back. Anyway. Okay. Right, uh, heating Mike, things get us up. back on uh, track. Wow. Uh, who would have known? Let's see, uh, getting back on track. Okay, so we talked about uh, what an anode rod is, different names for it. Actually, that there, we don't really know any other names for the anode rod. Um, why is the anode rod so important? So, well, one of the things is when the water heaters are cast, mm -hmm. um, when they're made, they've got the steel and then they put that glass lining. We've talked about that before and every water's had it for it's been their way they've done things for decades okay um, they put a glass lining on it they heat that up and it fuses to the metal um, how they apply the glass lining in there sometimes there's little gaps and holes sometimes the weld joints because they do it in the three pieces and then the weld joints not necessarily protected and so that's i remember on a past episode also you brought up that uh that heating and cooling of the water that expansion and contraction contract. sometimes can like cause little cracks in that glass line that glass so then it wants to attack the metal that's there and so the anode rod then is designed to attract the electric the, there's always electric currents because they're again back in the chemistry which i sure. did very poorly in um and i can't positives negatives anyway they're constantly exchanging ions back and forth and and it creates that electric current in there. And so the anode rod says, well, move over towards me. However, however that process works, which I'm not, maybe Scott 
<laughs> right. Right. Look at that blank <laughs> yeah. stare. Like, dude, yeah. what'd you just I do? Right. I, felt I, mean, like, I felt like so. I'm back in high school here. <laughs> Am I sleeping yet? <laughs> the way Dwayne's trying to explain it is just as confusing as my science teacher. Yeah. So I, I guess anyway. the, the reason it's important is because, I mean, the engineers put it in there to extend the life of the water, water heater. heater. Right. Um, so where is the anode rod in the water heater? Actually, before we do that, how long should they last? Because, I mean, we're talking about, hey, this is a dissimilar metal. It's lower down on the food chain of elements, and it's going to deteriorate, and it's designed to be sacrificed. How long should an anode rod last, or will it last? Well, and it is going to depend. Obviously, that's the go-to answer, but it, it is going to de- It's going to depend on, on where you live, what water content you have, whether or not you have a softener, all those things are going to play a factor into how quickly it breaks down. Um, your, your warranty or your life, not your life expectancy, but the manufacturer puts a six year warranty on it. Um, on the anode rod or no, on the, sorry, tank? On the, on tank, the tank itself. Got so it. it's, it's designed to, to protect that for the minimum six years. That doesn't mean it's going to last six years based on the, the conditions, know, the, the conditions and of what, where you're living in the water type, you know, and, and I mean, the manufacturers, they do this for a living and they know exactly how long that it will last. If they had too many water heaters that were failing at five years, they would change it to five years or sure. create a different thing to maintain the thing. And so my, my kind of rule of thumb that I've heard is that that, well, I've, I was actually taking a uh, continued education class for our licensing uh, a few years ago, and they were talking about water heaters and uh, from a specific manufacturer. And they said, if people were to change their anode rod every four years and flush their water heaters every year or more, um, that water heater tanks would last indefinitely. And I was like, what? And I even, I still in my notes, I made a note of it because it was like, whoa, if we... How important is that that if we were to do that and we don't you know we just we don't it's kind of one of those secret hidden away things so if it depends and it's that important at extending the life of your system how how do you know when it's time to replace it um, because it's on the inside you really don't um, but maintaining maintaining any appliance or any anything I, I love how you explained the anode rod like a filter um, it's definitely something that should be checked often um, to see what condition it's in because you don't know. There, there's not like an indicator that says, oh yeah, it's gone and we need to replace it. It's something that should be checked. It should be balanced. It, you know, your whole water heater flushed out. Boy, what an upgrade things. that would be if a water heater manufacturer decided to uh, like figure out some type of indication of like when the anode rod had uh had deteriorated. Goes right in your phone. Oh, yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. concept. Your anode rod or, is or why 25%? don't we just develop them out of plat out of what platinum or, you know, because of the cost. Plutonium. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to drive the cost of water heaters down. Um, okay, so all right, so you brought up like essentially what I got out of what you just said is the only way to know when it's time to replace it is you got to be checking it. And so um, that leads us to your question, Dwayne, about like where they're located. So let's talk about how we go through the process of checking it, where to look for it, different things like that. Gotcha. So, yeah, happy to handle that one. So there's, um, there's basically three manufacturers of water heaters. One of them has 
the anode rod. I don't know if we want to do brand name on the, where it, on the nipple that goes down, sure, the pipe that matter. goes down. So where the cold water feed or the hot water feed comes out of the water heater, there's an anode rod that goes down that's attached to that piece of that pipe that's coming out of the top it's of the water It's part of the, is it part of the hot water or cold water? It's on the hot water side. So it's part of the hot water outlet, you know, right? nipple pipe that right. like goes. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the uh, water all comes out of the top. And so they have a connector in there that has some holes that come in from the side and then from both sides and then allow the water to flow up, to flow up through it. Um, we, it would be interesting to see, I mean, if you could see it, how kind of small those holes are sometimes that the water goes through. It's like, wow, we got a three quarter inch pipe. Can those holes really flow? that much water so it is kind of a flow restrictor a little bit of a limiter i think on on uh on that but it's also engineered and designed and been doing the same thing for a long time so it must work and there again we go off into physics sure. now and where things. where are the other two locations so you the, were talking about yeah so then another t another type have the anode rod just built in off to the side um so you've got your hot and cold water and usually at the back where the water heater's facing, there's a, another hole there and there's a hex nut down in there that's a, about an inch, about an inch sized hex nut. It's one and one sixteenth. It's one and one sixteenth. Yep, you had to go there. Exactly, it is. Well, there's not very many things that are standard across. <laughs> and like I, I, you know, from the research and stuff that I'd done, that seems to be a pretty standard like it size is. part. Like they do inch keep and a that 16. consistent. Yeah. Yep, they do keep that consistent. That was nice of them. Thankfully, yeah. I mean, who'd, who'd want to carry a whole impact set for all the different right. things and stuff? Um, but anyway, so then, so it's there at the back, there's a hex nut. Sometimes there's some insulation over the top of it and it's a little hard to see. Some of them have a little plastic cap, cap that they put on just as a protection or to hide it. Sure. I, you know, maybe it's to hide it. I don't know. Just for aesthetics and make it look cleaner, that kind of a thing. So it, that you, you see, you see those multiple variations, but so with the hex nut one, you can grab an impact wrench or a large cheater bar um with that inch and a 16th socket and you can stick down in there you might need to take a screwdriver and clean it up a little bit but you can put that impact wrench on there and and uh, an impact or there again the large cheater bar if you ever do go to inspect it on a water heater with the cheater bar you definitely do not want to drain the water heater because it takes they are really really torqued so down. so yeah so if we if we talk about the process Step one, uh, you know, shut the water, shut the fuel supply off to the to the water heater. Um, locate where the anode rod is. Uh, we talked about the different locations. Um, the one that you're going to most easily be able to check is the kind where there is a hex nut, uh, you know, on top. And really, if you don't see a hex nut on top, it is possible there are a few that where you have to like remove the screws on the side and kind of lift that cover plate up and kind of dig around the insulation and see if you can find it there. Uh, and then those are the ones that you're going to probably be able to most likely be able to check yourself. Um, the other one, if you're having to disconnect with, you know, with the, the nipple and things like that, you're going to want to You'll have a more pipe likely, wrench. It'll be, a, you need a pipe wrench to be able yeah. to start unscrewing that. And they talk about then when you want to check it, you don't need to pull it all the way out. 
Um, you just lift it up and inspect it, and it's going to start from both ends. So it's going to start from the top and start from the bottom typically, and erode quicker on those ends. And so one, uh, one manufacturer says if it's, if it's more than six inches on either end, then maybe you ought to think about replacing the anode rod. The, uh, to describe it, the anode rods are about 40 inches, somewhere between 40 and 48 inches long. Under that inch and a sixteenth hex nut, there's a there's a rod coming straight down, and it's there's a metal uh, a metal annealing. Oh, anyway, when they build these things, they stick it in in the metal, and then they stick it into a certain chemistry of water, and then it attracts the minerals there that it needs to build, and the magnesium builds builds on it. Um, and there again, that's a whole science project of plating, and that I don't know how that works but it bonds and connects all together and so it's about a almost an inch round rod that comes down between a half inch and inch round rod that comes down in that then gets attacked by the uh so the calcium and magnesium sure and chemicals so once you, once you locate the the hex nut uh you know like Dwayne was saying more than likely it's going to be super tight you know into the water heater especially if you've never checked it and things before the older your water heater is the harder it's going to be to break this thing free drain a couple gallons out of the water heater leave as much water as you can not because that's part of the draining process but because like Dwayne said the thing is so locked in there you want as much weight 50 50 gallons at 8.3 gallons per minute is a lot of weight that's right. holding that down and keeping it from turning as you're trying to torque on that so once, once you do that and you break it free, you lift it up. Let's talk about what uh, people are going to see and what they're, what they're actually looking for. So because in my mind, there's two main things that people are going to be looking for with that. Well, three, I guess. One, you lift it up and the anode rod is still there and it looks like a, you know, a metal rod. You're probably okay. Um, but what are, what are the two other most common things that people are going to find? One of them is... Uh, if it's gone, if it's eaten away, right? So it looks, it's really thin. It's pitted. It looks like it's been eaten away at, um, that that's one. And the other one is if it is encased in like hard water, calcium, right. you know, that kind of encasing. Cause when it does that, your anode rod may still be intact, but you're not getting the reaction that you need can't because get through all those barnacles and whatever they're built up on the outside right? of it. And uh, for those watching on YouTube, uh, you know, we're going to put on the screen uh, some different anode rods so that you can see what those things look like and the different, uh, you know, whatever. Austin, if you'll make that happen after the fact. Um, let's see. So if you find it's encased in calcium or it has been eaten away and you'll see different levels of deterioration if you're watching on the video. Um, but let's say like for the calcium, if it's just encased, can you take it out and knock that stuff off and put it back in? Or do both of those require replacing the rod? You know, I, yesterday I was messing around with one, trying to pull one out of an, one of our water heaters in the boneyard and I could not get it. There was a big chunk, chunk. about three inches round. I could feel it and look and see down in there, but I could not get it to break to pull out the anode rod. Gotcha. So I guess at that point you could just cut it yeah, that's, and leave it down in the bottom and then replace it. Well, not only that, but some, some, cause I mean, a 40 inch 
rod that you're trying to feed in from the top. A lot of water heaters are in basements, equipment rooms. They may not have 40 inches put, of head space. Put ceiling, five foot tall water heater. Right. You've only got three feet and it's four feet long. Right. And yeah. so, so that, that's the thing. If you're going to replace the thing, you now, when you go to do it, like I've, I've always heard that you could like take it out in sections. If you come to a section where it won't come out any further past the thing, then yes, you can let it like drop down into the, to the tank. But which brings you to the point, if you can't get it out because there's not enough headroom, what do you do to put a new one in? Yeah, the, the cool thing is they make them in small sections. Mm. So just small pieces where you have multiple links, almost like a sausage link. Yeah, there you go, sausage you know, link. The, those, those are an easy the, way to replace that way. We got to stop recording these so close to lunchtime and making food analogies. <sighs> yeah, I mean. Sausage, where could we get some good sausage links? I think a good I don't think kolache would be. What? What's your favorite store brought bought sausage? If if you do not have an answer <laughs> off the top of your head, you do not love sausage enough. I apparently don't love I, it enough. Uh, you know, it's whatever's I, cheapest. If I'm I go big, and buy them, hmm. no, you can't go cheap. Like sausage is one of the. I love. I like Jimmy Dean. I love the you know the flavor profiles that they have there. Um, I've tried different sausages cause they look so good. Right. I'm like, Ooh, that one looks like it's got a lot of flavor, but do you go with the brown and serve or do you go with the actual, put the steam on simmer them? Well, that method that of cooking, process. I don't usually, well, I mean, I, th I think of that as like a, you know, a brat, which I guess is a sausage and, and I don't usually steam them in like a pot of beer or water or, or whatever. I usually put them on the grill low and slow. I like to smoke them <laughs> and, uh, and then put them on a bun with some coleslaw on top oh, and a homemade like barbecue sauce. That's my choice. I am what hungry it, now. <laughs> we got to go to lunch after. Anode rods. What do we, what sausage? Okay. Sausage. So links, 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 links. That's right. So you can, okay. So if you, if you don't have a lot of headspace above your water heater, uh, this anode rod, and we'll put a picture up on the, on the video. If you're watching, um, of, of this, of this metal rod that's broken into pieces. looks like nunchucks kind of right. like little bitty nunchucks and you, you feed it down in so you can get that angle to get that anode rod in there. Um, okay. So after you get the anode rod back in, what do you do next? You're there and make sure you <clears throat> make sure you install it properly. Don't cross thread. Cause if, if there's deterioration on the anode rod, there's very likely deterioration on the threading. Hmm. So be careful when you put it back in that you're getting it threaded together properly and use the proper sealants. That you what is need. the proper sealants? Do you just Teflon, Teflon tape? tape? Do you use pipe okay. dope? And, yeah, how much, of the two. how much Teflon tape should you use? Cause like I, it's, it's one of those things where when I'm like doing little plumbing projects around the house and I get going on the Teflon tape, it, it gets fun to get carried away with the Teflon tape. Yeah. But like, what's the right amount? Is there too much? Yes. Oh, it, and it depends on, Oops. it depends on the brand too. <laughs> Because there's thicker Teflon and thinner Teflon. How does how so. does someone know when they've used the right amount of Teflon tape? Um, it's usually about four wraps. Is kind of, I mean, that's kind of the general, the general consensus on smaller pipes. On larger pipe, if you're doing two inch or something, we usually put a few more wraps than that, just because the fittings are mm. not as not as tight fitting, I guess, and stuff. But gotcha. Okay, so uh, tighten that down. Is there um, like, do you have to worry about, 
if this thing was so tight that you're having to like work really hard to break it free, do you need to like torque that thing down as hard as you can? Do you need to have a torque wrench? Like what, what's the proper method to tighten that thing down? That's always a, a tough answer because it really is a fill. It, like anything, like a mechanic Depends just Depends on knows. how strong you are. <laughs> right. It really does. Like I can't tell you exactly how. I have how. to be really careful. Because if I <laughs> was to turn, tighten it down as, <laughs> as hard as I can, I mean. Might break it. Exactly. The tank would crack. Yeah. Like we'd there have a go. whole different issue. Yeah. The yeah. anode rod would be the least of yep. our worries. Yeah. These cannons can really tighten, you know, even though I'm old, they're still. There's still there's still some strength in those things. Watch out, Dwayne's gonna throw hands on you. <laughs> Come up talking crap about anode rods. He'd be like, "Uh huh, I got you." Yeah, we got that. Okay, uh, let's see. Afterwards, after you're all done, obviously yep. you would want to pressurize it, and then because it's a you know because it's right there, and now you can see the joint and everything, you would want to just kind of run your finger down in there, possibly look and see if there's any moisture coming out of it at all. I like to uh, take a paper towel. I like to dry That's around the fittings idea. as much as possible. And then I'll take a dry paper towel and put around those fittings. And then once the water comes back on, cause it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to see like a, a little bitty drip or whatever. Oh, and so it. I'll turn it on. I'll actually leave the, the, uh, the paper towel on there for, you know, a couple of days. I'll come back just to make sure that it wasn't like a super slow leak or something like that yeah. to, to see if you can see just, the water. Just, just be careful on that, that you don't leave a big rooster tail of paper towel sticking out <laughs> towards the flue okay. on that. You know, you'd want to just kind of a tight fit down around it. That's a good point. I don't I got flammable smoke. material. We did an episode on smoke detectors. Like there we go. That covers <laughs> it. That covers it. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see. Talked about that. Okay. So let's talk about, let's say someone isn't comfortable doing that themselves or they can't get the thing broken free. Is that a service? Like can, do, do people call up a plumber and say, Hey, I want you to come and check my anode rod. Or is it part of a water heater inspection? How does someone get this service done? We, um, I mean, there are people that do call in and say, Hey, I'd, because they hear something like our podcast mm -hmm. and now suddenly, wait, what is an anode? I didn't rod? know about it. I've never checked you know, it. My water heater is 15 any, years old. Yeah. And so, um, one thing I wanted to talk about is, I mean, if you, if it's just down to the, the, the wire yep. or nothing's there, you're probably past trying to be able to protect the water heater. It probably is just done because. It has already it's started. Been attacking the it's, tank. The rust is already developing, and once rust start, starts, it's about impossible to stop it. Is it? Is there and a so, way to check that? Like, if if it's like, ooh. you know, to because I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah. you pull it or you have a camera inspection, you can stick down in there. Yeah. That's the only way. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's just not something. It's or the app that, that you're going to create the do that tells you how. Much. Well, I've seen, have you seen those little cameras that like plug into the, you know, the port at the bottom of your phone mm -hmm. and they have a little led light on the end yep. and you can like stick it down. Mm -hmm. It's a pencil. It's the size of a number two pencil flexible. I, I would think I actually, I might get one of those and it like go out to our of phone yard. That would be and, kind like, of fun the to water see. Heaters. Yeah. You yeah. could actually pull the TMP off and then just go right through the side ah. of the water heater and you and can look. inspect that whole anode rod. Look and see. I'm just thinking, like, if you just got finished pulling the anode rod out, actually, it might be hard to like hold the anode rod up and fish the thing down. Maybe the TMP is a is a better place to go in. 
I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get one of those cameras and, and go out to the boneyard and see where it's easier to like inspect the inside of those and see what the inside, because that's, that's a, that's an interesting way to do it. Cause I've thought I want to go out there and just cut a bunch of them open, like, you know, to show the different things that are inside. But I'm, I'm curious how that's, I'm going to do that. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to check it with the camera, see if I can see signs of rust. And then to verify, I'll cut them open. We don't recommend yeah. you cut yours open at home. <laughs> as a guaranteed document, replacement. Yeah, <laughs> document the age of them if you can, and see you know, and see how that works. So there we go, science experiment. But I, but I think you know, if we were to pay more attention to them, and yes, our our uh, some of our tune-up technicians do go out and they inspect regularly. They are it, it can't be a hundred percent because some of them you just cannot break free. I mean, there's they'll get a big cheater bar that it just they're in there so. Well, tight. if you can't if you can't break it free and it's a really old water heater and you're seeing signs of rust other places, there's a good chance that the thing is kind of not welded, but like, I mean, it's all mangled and, and yeah, more just, than likely your water heaters on the verge of failure there. It's so done. We, um, you know, can talk a little bit about how do you extend the life of them as far of as an anode rod of an anode rod or how we extend yeah, the life of the tank. So we have sometimes, we can do an extended warranty that the manufacturers offer. And uh, that is often comes with a kit that has a second anode rod that will put in the brand new water heater. So there's the one existing at the back. And then we there's a kit that we have that we can put in there that has a second anode rod. And that will give you that 10 year protection. Hmm. And it goes in where the hot where the hot nipple goes in, where the hot water comes out. And it's a, they're about three feet long instead of the four feet or, you know, 30 inches long instead of the 40 inches. And uh, that comes with each water heater. It's a, it's an option for us. It's an option that people can add on. Our guys hmm. carry, our guys carry that kit on their truck and then they slap a label on there that says 10 year, 10 year tank. And so you're basically giving about 75% more anode rod. So if they figure that the water heater, the original one's going to last four years before it starts to deteriorate or attack the water heater, then by adding that 75%, now we're hitting that seven-year spot before it starts attacking the metal, and that's why they can do the 10 years. Is there anything when you're installing the original anode rod, is it, is it part of the tank or does it come separate and the plumber puts it in? It's there. It's, it's there it's, already. Yeah, it's installed at manufacturing. Got they've, it. They've really engineered those things in to be the best possible product, the largest thing that they can do to at least meet. When we talked about this in another disposable society session, you know, as as far as how long they want to make them last and things, but but they've got some really good materials that cover a broad throughout the United States. There's all Scott mentioned it earlier. There's all different types of water conditions. And so they've created the right mix and the right sizes and things to help protect 97% of the water heaters for that time frame. I, I do want to bring up, because we, we talked about it a little before the show, and I, I remembered, I was surprised to hear this uh, when I originally heard it years ago, but that water softeners, um, the process of that soft water or the chemical makeup of that soft water actually um, speeds up the deterioration of an anode rod, right? It's true. Cause yeah, I, it, is true. it surprised me because I hear us talk so much about the importance of having soft water in the home because of the damage that the hard water can do. 
And I just assume that like, oh, a soft water, uh, soft water will extend the life of your um, water heater as well. But in reality, it might minimize the sediment, you know, build up or not the sediment build up, but the hard water build up Calcium inside. Magnesium. But but it will deteriorate the anode rod faster, which is nothing. Again, it's a sacrificial part. It's designed to be replaced. But if you have a soft water system, if you have a water softener, uh, you just need to be more aware of that and make sure that when you're having your periodic plumbing inspections done, which I don't think most people, <laughs> I don't think most people do that unless they're on some type of home maintenance plan where it's like part of it, but it is something that you should check periodically and then just be really diligent about checking the anode rod. If you have a soft uh, water softener, do they have some type of anode rod in a tankless? I'm assuming no, because you're not storing water in a tank. That's correct. Got it. Yeah. And what? and the tanklesses today, they're again, now they're they're all stainless steel. Mm. And so the stainless steel is, you know, does not rust. Rust is like iron does. Got it. Okay. I what else do you want people to know about uh anode rods? Any final thoughts? I just want to mention with the soft water, yep. just so there's not, not too much confusion on there. There's, there's a give and take with anything. Um, the, the benefit of soft water versus the, um, attack on the anode rod, mm -hmm. the benefit way oh, outweighs the, the, the con of it attacking. And it's not the soft water that's attacking it. It's, it's the, uh, it's the salt content from the, that's added into soft water. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. And I, I don't bring that up to try and say, don't get a water softener. I'm yeah. just saying that if you have one, yeah, just understand that with those benefits, there is a trade-off and right. you need to watch out. Well, for that. The, you know, that soft water protects the inside of your pipes. Sure. It protects your faucets. And so instead of having to change faucets because they're so calcified and won't move mm -hmm. every four or five years, then, you know, I mean, what the, the, it is a trade-off and things like that. You, I mean, faucets should last 20 years kind of a thing so yep well and it also helps us understand that maintaining it is what's going to prolong it so having a water softener and understanding that it it could attack it's going to attack that anode rod doing proper maintenance on that every six months to a year is going to prolong the life of it yeah Dwayne's point about like the tank will last indefinite i mean those things are not quite bulletproof, but I mean, they're a big, huge piece of heavy gauge steel that if you are maintaining the parts that were engineered, like, you know, to protect it, why that's the thing that is, as long as the tank doesn't fail, all the other parts and components on it can be replaced. And you know, why, why, why just let your water heater deteriorate to the point that you have to replace it? I mean, if you've got that kind of money, cool. Yeah. Mazel tov, like, you know, spend it how you want to. But if you're, if you're about saving that money, like maintenance is the way to pro is the least expensive way to prolong the life of any piece of equipment. Absolutely. And the thing, the thing that, the thing that's funny about maintenance is that you don't usually see the benefit of it when you maintain it. The benefit comes at the end of it where you're not having to spend, you know, another, you know, however much thousand bucks to replace the water heater, 2000 bucks, whatever we do, it, we do it with our cars. I mean, right. you know, how do you get, how do you get more than a hundred thousand miles? You maintain it. Cross you your know. fingers. <laughs> well, yeah, it can, but 
I got speaking of cars and uh, no, I'm not. That's a story for another time. Anything else about we have, we have sufficiently like derailed this episode plenty of times. Any, anything else from you guys? I think we're good. I, Scott and I were going to battle about something, but I forgot what it was and I just, it didn't go there. So we we'll were actually going to have to take day. off the head. Yeah. You guys yeah. were like super upset with each other. Like I, we had to break you up before the show. Like I was, but we've kissed and made up now. No, sorry. <laughs> High fived fist bump <laughs> <laughs> all right that's the show <laughs> we'll be back next tuesday uh with a new episode of in the house we'll actually be talking about why air conditioners freeze up so if you've ever have you guys ever had an air conditioner freeze up like yes. had that block of ice yep yep how bad to where it stopped working yeah but i mean was it like the just ice forming on the inside or on the outside, like just on the inside, just on, on the inside. Yeah. Inside. I think, too. yeah. And that's, I think I went downstairs and like noticed ice starting to form one time anyway. So if you're curious about how to keep that from happening, tune in next week. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to the show so that you get notified every time we release a new episode. I'd like to thank everyone that uh, helps make the show possible. My guests, producers, everyone behind the scenes. Uh, if you haven't, go and leave us a review. Remember to be nice, but we'd really appreciate it to hear what you think about the show. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com or find us at Any Hour Services on any of the social platforms if that's how you want to find us. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya. See ya.